Hey guys, I'm Katie. And I'm Alexis, and this is the... Nope. I'm Alexis, and this is the Check Your Aesthetic Podcast. We're keeping it. <laughs> We're not sorry. You <laughs> got a little ahead of yourself there today? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or in the, you guys will hear at the end of the episode, I think we might have said the quickest, like a little outro. Alexis was talking like a hundred okay, miles I an hour. I thought I was kind of talking fast. I didn't know. <laughs> you were like, was- follow our personals, Katie Creative Co., Alexis Adam Aldrich, and Sophie Phelps. Uh, is it Sophie Phelps? <laughs> I was like, wow. You okay, I stopped drinking energy drinks. I, th- I didn't drink one today, but I did have an oh. iced tray. I, I, um. <laughs> I think you should just take a couple deep breaths. Iced chai tea latte. I think you know what it is. It's that my wedding is in 363 days and that No, it's I, not in 363. It's in 366. Why do I keep saying that? What the? Oh, my God. 366 days. And I feel like I have to become, and that is something that I want to talk about, actually, is that I feel like I have to become an entirely new person. And I think that that is, like, I feel like on, I, I've heard this on TikTok before, that, like, the pressure to, like, lose weight um yeah like get your eyebrows done you're like clear and like get facials every every day Mm -hmm. for three years and like yeah I feel that so hard right now because it's like almost exactly a year and like Mm -hmm. I don't know I think I always thought like okay I'm gonna like lose weight like however much time like I'll start this time before my wedding and then like now it's like game time like it's crunch time but I'm like do I really want to be like in this mentality of like the person that you are right not to like bring it to like a sad place but like the person that you are right now is like not worthy enough to like yeah be acceptable in like bridal stuff and like that's yeah. so wrong and I think like weddings is one of the only times that that like really happens like some people you know obviously there's like other big events but weddings mm-hmm. for some reason with girls it's just and, and that reminds me everything of, too it's not just yeah. like wait it's no so like the Met Gala last night uh, if you're when y'all are listening to this it will have been like a week week ago but um Kim Kardashian she wore Marilyn Mm, Monroe's dress 16 pounds she lost 16 pounds in three months didn't she say Mm -hmm. to to wear that dress and was it three months or was it one month I think it was like three weeks was it three weeks it was something crazy um which obviously that was like a different situation because she wanted to fit in that dress but I just I don't know we've we actually have a very old episode on um, body positivity which that one was a little out of left field but it's there not really Uh, our brand but (laughs) we at that point we didn't know what our brand was but we do know but anyway yeah I definitely get that um but on the topic of the Met Gala did you watch no but I have seen like all the outfits and everything okay what is your favorite what was your favorite look that you've seen Okay, um, I would probably say um, Blake Lively's, like, second, you know, not the, when I first saw the bronze, I was like, uh-huh. Yeah, you like the teal. Yeah, but then, and I like especially that it's supposed to represent the mm-hmm. Eiffel Tower, and not nope. that Eiffel Tower, nope, Statue of Liberty. <laughs> Statue of Liberty. Yep, thank you. Um, Statue of Liberty, and, like, as it, like, oxidizes and turns, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and I think that's so cool. I like, I really like at the Met Gala when, like, things mean things mm-hmm. but that was such a stupid thing to say no but yeah I agree when I it agree. like when the fashion has like meaning and purpose yeah um, I agree and I think that's like part of the point of the Met Gala like, yeah obviously it right. has like a theme and like um yeah I agree I really really liked Blake Lively's and I just always she's such a like happy 
person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the way she was on the carpet was amazing. I really, really liked Billie Eilish's. Her mm-hmm. look was completely like Very already existing theme. materials. Mm-hmm. A lot of people did like sustainable fashion, which I think um, is something that we're seeing more and more in like high fashion obviously fast fashion Mm -hmm. yeah fast fashion is kind of obviously going to be behind on that that's just not really how that works but Mm -hmm. hopefully it kind of pushes down um, because obviously that's really important um and I honestly okay this was not on theme but I just can't stop thinking about it Sebastian Stan wore that all hot pink outfit I just really liked it I don't know why I liked it so much probably because I love him but I I liked liked the outfit but like how off theme it was like hurt it just was soul. kind of random it yeah just, yeah like i it, looked at his instagram and his caption was like springtime in new york which i can kind of get that. what like if you take it back to but i don't know no. it wasn't really on theme no um can we talk all of about, the boys had weird outfits can we talk about kylie jenner i was about to say my least favorite is kylie jenner i cannot stand for anybody who says they like that because they're lying it was horrible so it was supposed to be i believe his name is pronounced virgil but he it was like a fashion designer that kylie was friends with who passed away but i don't and i saw a tiktok comment that was like it wasn't finished and at first i was like that's kind of disrespectful to say that it wasn't finished but honestly looking back at it i kind of feel like it wasn't finished because like looking at his past work i just feel like it's not what yeah, I don't I, know. It just I didn't, like, like it was the baseball. It was the baseball. Yes. If, it if, looked like a homemade, like, homecoming week outfit to me. Like, it looked like Party City. Exactly. Like, it looked like something that somebody hot glued on to it. Like, I don't yeah. know. Obviously, like, the whole thing. Like, I'm sitting on my couch, like, wearing, yeah. like, Target I'm pajamas. Wearing being an like, H&M I do not sweatshirt. like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, yeah. but it's really, I mean, obviously, but, um. Yeah, there were also some people that weren't there that I really wish were there. Obviously, Harry Styles, Timothy Chalamet, Taylor Swift. Um, have I said on the podcast that I've like, developed a crush on Timothy Chalamet? I don't it adds up. That. Austin, I think if I had to pick somebody, Austin looks like it would be Timothy someone, Chalamet. Someone. I mean, I'm not going to, I'm going to humble him a little bit. He doesn't really look like Timothy No, Chalamet. no. Um, <laughs> someone, someone when he worked at Dick's, are we meet? I don't know. It doesn't matter who it was. But someone came up to him and was like, you look like Timothy Chalamet. I'm like, respectfully, he doesn't. But he has the, like, kind of vibe. Not vibe. I don't know what it is. He just kind he's, of. He's got the same, like, uh, skinny white boy. character. Like, yeah. character of, you know. Yeah. The way like that a- I would, the, the way that I would describe him in comparison to, like, celebrities is, you know, Jess from uh, Gilmore Girls. Mm-hmm. If you mixed jess with gilmore girls or from gilmore girls with timothy chalamet yeah and then added curtis cotter yes that, that is makes sense that is awesome. and those are Austin. all people that you have crushes on so good for austin yes. that he is your type <laughs> he is very much anyway but yes. yeah and i feel like there's there was a bunch of looks that i saw today that i watched the whole met gala but there's a bunch of looks that i saw today that i didn't actually see on the carpet because they mm-hmm. were like smaller people but there were mm-hmm. some good ones and then there were also some lizzo looked really good I love that. And I love that she had the flute with her. And she just, like, chaotically kept, like, fluting. (laughs) She's so fun. Um, And then I also thought that Austin Butler and Priscilla Presley looked good. I liked that they walked the carpet together because he's in the new Elvis movie. Mm Mm-hmm. He looked hot, to be honest. (laughs) He did look good. I mean, he's genuinely, like, his – he's really hot. Like, he's just really hot. Mm -hmm. Um, 
his thing wasn't that exciting. But the men, I feel like you have to give them a break because if it's if the theme's gilded glamour, all they're supposed to be wearing is a very nice suit. You know? Yeah. Sean Mendes so, did look like um Sean Mendes I thought looked good. I he, hate him though. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's be honest. It's just that I hate him. <laughs> I hate him and Camila Cabello, Cabello so much. And Camila Cabello looked... Didn't they oh. break up? Yeah. But she Good. looked really bad, too. I'm sorry if you're listening. <laughs> no, we bo- we hate both of them. Like, so sorry much. if you guys are listening, Sean and Camilla. <laughs> They're stands. CYA forever. <laughs> We're about to get canceled. They're like, why did you shit on me on the podcast? Um, it's obviously, I don't... Obviously, we don't actually hate anybody... Um, I'm not even going to give a disclaimer. Nobody cares what, what our opinions on no, celebrities no are yeah. anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And I, you know, I love the Kardashians. And I, mm-hmm. Kylie just, I don't think any of them other than Kim really like. Yeah. What do you think of Chloe? Everybody's saying this. She literally wore basically that exa- exact same dress, yeah. but in white to her mom's like 60th wedding anniversary. Like you cannot yeah. pull up to the Met Gala in that. 60th birthday. Oh, yes. 60th birthday. Yes. Yes. Oh. Chris is 60. Wow. She's um, like 70 at this point because I was a while ago. Yeah. yeah, I, it wasn't like offensive. It, I mean, it was pretty. Yeah, it but was it just, just like basic, but. Yeah, and I always feel bad for her because she's very much like the forgotten Kardashian. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the same goes for like who's styling her and like mm-hmm. what outfits she gets to pick from because mm-hmm. obviously in these situations, like some of it has to do with the celebrity, but like also they're getting paired the with these designers. Yeah. So like it's not just like either one or the other. It's definitely both. So you can't like you know also maybe Courtney's, chloe was shown like courtney looked like a pirate <laughs> courtney looked like she went to the fashion institute of yeah. whatever and found their scraps and like no, it looked it looked like a rupaul's drag race like sewing challenge thing yes like it did. <laughs> like a rush like you have mm-hmm. 20 minutes to create a, a female was, pirate costume it was supposed to be travis's outfit deconstructed girl why what don't do it. Don't do that. Stop. They are so weird. They I hate so them. We're so just weird. like, I hate everyone. <laughs> There's a ton of people that I love, though. Winnie Harlow I thought looked great, too. Mm-hmm. She is a recent obsession of mine after watching the home edit. Um, mm-hmm. This season, they did her, like, glam mm-hmm. room. And I was like, this woman. I love this woman. Um, she looked great. Um, a lot of people looked really great. And there's also a lot of people that I like that looked bad. And a lot of people that I don't like that looked good. For example, Shawn Mendes. I thought he looked great, and I don't like him. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) He's just a mess. Um, He was, like, flirting with Emma Chamberlain on, like, the I saw that. Oh, it was so funny. All the comments were like, Tucker about to watch out. (laughs) (laughs) I also saw Jack Harlow flirting with Emma, like, hardcore. But I also feel like... I loved Emma's outfit, too. That was... And her makeup was... Her hair, well, she so just looked good. phenomenal. Yeah, she looked phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, um, the two f- most fashionable people with a fashion podcast that you've ever the funniest heard. fashion, um, most fashionable, <laughs> most most beautiful. I know that you guys were yeah. literally on the edge of your seat waiting to hear what we thought because like, that's <laughs> literally what our podcast was about. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, but fashion. anyway, we ha- literally haven't even said what this episode's about, so that's Shit. awesome. Um, <laughs> We'll just intro it and get into it. So today we had Sophie Feltz on from Sophie Feltz Floral Design. She is an event and um, wedding designer, floral designer. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a, a big old team. So we talked about growing a team, growing a business, um, managing a team, and kind of how to do that in um, 
like a, a creative a good way career. both yeah and how to morally do mm-hmm. that well but also business-wise do that well mm-hmm. so I guess we'll go ahead and get into the interview unless do you have any other updates um that just one new update that I need everyone to know that it's 366 days yes there's like no way anybody would know that so I'm super glad that you mentioned that I feel like everyone was like really waiting Everyone's like tr- just trying to like figure out like what like is Alexis getting married? They're like, like she's just been like so like, like looking through the calendar. Like, they're like, like so looking secretive. on my Instagram. Like, they're like <gasps> yeah. They're like there's just no way I'm ever gonna know because Alexis just like won't talk about her wedding. Like no matter what, like how many times we ask, like we've get, we've gotten the DMs, guys. Like, they've been know begging, know, but they've been absolutely just, on their knees. Like please, and like I'm there's like, only so much that Alexis I'm like, you can know, do. She's I, just really uh, secretive about her wedding. Anyway, um, well, I guess we'll go ahead and get into the interview with Sophie. She had some great things to say, so keep listening to hear all that hi Sophie thank you so much for coming onto the podcast um for everybody who is not familiar with you why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell everybody kind of the story of how you got to where you are today with your business sure hi and thank you so much for having me that was such a sweet email to see um I feel honored to be here so thank you so much um yeah I'm a wedding event florist I'm located in the D.C. Uh, area and um, I got started. I was a, I had a whole nother job and then um, started having kids. I was a stay-at-home mom for a little while mm-hmm. and um, just started seeing, like learning about this whole concept of flower floor or farmer florist. Um, I found Erin Benzikin, who's like this amazing farmer florist, and I went out to one of her workshops, um, her business is Florette, and just kind of fell in love and became obsessed. And um, I feel like I've thought about my business and dreamed about my business every single day Mm -hmm. (laughs) since then. Um, That was in 2013. So it's you can say I'm totally obsessed. (laughs) You've (laughs) almost you're about to be a decade. That's super exciting. I know it doesn't seem that long, but yes. <laughs> yeah, and I know that we uh, and a lot of our listeners can relate to thinking about your business and dreaming about it all the time. That is, it definitely takes over your entire brain, but in a good way. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's since you've had it for almost ten years, I know that it takes a while to kind of like grow your business from the ground up. So, and I, we know that you have an amazing team working for your business. So how, what was that process like of bringing people on and who was the first person that was hired and what was that process like? Mm-hmm. Um, I actually hired my first, Erica, um, who's now my business partner. Um, she, I hired her right away, to be honest. I mm. had young kids and my business is of course doing flowers for people's weddings. And I was mm-hmm. just, really feeling the pressure and and feeling really scared about getting sick or, Mm, you know, mm -hmm. something happening where I wasn't going to be able to be there. So, um, to me, it was really important to have help. And so I was, I didn't really know how I was going to afford Erica, to be honest, but I was, to me, the responsibility of, um, paying a salary was less scary than the responsibility of doing weddings by myself. Yeah. Yeah. So either way, I'm making a choice, right? It's a huge responsibility in both directions. So um, yeah, I, I hired Erica pretty quickly. And how what did that look like? I, I just put a post on Instagram that um, I was looking for part-time help. It really didn't need to be, you know, I didn't feel like it just needed to be somebody who wanted to 
work really, really hard and was interested mm-hmm. in learning. Um, and Erica responded to that. And at the time she was doing, I think like she had just left one, a, some, a full-time job and was kind of piecemealing yoga instructor. Mm-hmm. And so I, that was helpful because I could bring her on just as part-time, like hourly, I was just kind of honestly right. just paying her, you know, cash. But I think that really only lasted maybe a month before she was, she, the good thing about hiring her too, is that she had all of the strengths in areas where I had weaknesses. Mm -hmm. So she could, Mm, she just mm -hmm. immediately got us organized. Yeah. She was like, here's what we need to do to get me on payroll. Yeah. She's like, (laughs) like, let's do this. Um, And I, I, I think the, I don't, I don't know if it's a saying, it's not really a saying, but you hear a lot, like you have to invest in your business for it to grow. And I think that's a really good example Mm -hmm. of like your, you knew that doing it by yourself would be a limitation. So then you kind of took that jump to invest in it and then that helped it um, grow in the end. But um, I guess sort of thinking hiring further, I know you have like a larger team than just two now. Um, Obviously hiring somebody is a big commitment. It's adding an expense. Um, So for anybody listening who is thinking like, oh, maybe I should grow my team. How did you know as far as those other members of your team, when was the right time to hire somebody else on? I've been thinking a lot about this question. And I think, first of all, I just knew whenever I, I, you know, I just was desperate. And so we were feeling overrun and overworked. But to back it up, you know, it is a, it's scary to hire somebody. And so the thing that kind of helps ease that fear for me is ever since Erica came on, we really learned that knowing our numbers could put a, you know, let us sleep at night. So we um, did a really detailed um, budget for the year. uh, And we kind of started with, okay, here's how much I need to make. And here's how much you need to make. And here's Mm -hmm. how much we're going to spend on our software. You know, I don't know how everybody listening may already know this, but basically we backed our way into a sales goal. Mm -hmm. And um, once we knew what our sales goal was for that year, we like just dream that number and we track the heck out of it mm-hmm. and um knowing that okay if we can hit the sales goal and then we really really track you know each job what our costs are for the job to make sure we're staying in budget mm-hmm. on that um thing and and so doing that and knowing like okay january here's where i need to be sold february here's where i need to be sold mm-hmm. that gives me comfort knowing if i'm doing that then i can still then i can pay all of the people on payroll so now our our hiring process is basically if we find somebody who we feel like would be a really an amazing addition to the team, we pretty much hire them and then um, add to the sales goal, mm-hmm. if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. So before that, we were trying, you know, we, and that's where I've had the most luck finding good people because, um, you know, I've done like ads on, we actually, for like part-time workers, we put ads on Indeed Mm -hmm. and sometimes get great people. But a lot of times, you know, we had this whole system when we were looking for a full-time person where we did like make a sample mood board for us and do a little Mm -hmm. video. Mm -hmm. And the people that we got from that last, we just have had way more luck with somebody who was actually working with us on a job and blew our socks off. Mm -hmm. And we were like, we cannot we can't afford to not hire you. Like yeah. I'm obsessed with you. And right. also I've said like to the person on the job, like, do you want a full-time job with us? Yeah. Rather than like, like searching, you're like, when they come to you, you take the opportunity. 
Well, you've also, you've also, like, already formed a relationship with them, so it's not like you're flying blind. You already have something formed, which is helpful. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen them work. I know exactly. what they can do. And, like, for me, it's more the attitude and the work ethic that, mm-hmm. you know, helps people be successful here. So Definitely. So for, like, kind of on more side, the side of, like, the, the business owner, the entrepreneur themselves, what would your advice be for someone that is in, you know, they're, they're past the stage of really like that startup, but it's such a huge commitment to add people onto your team. So what kind of advice would you give for a business owner that is feeling like maybe it's the right time to hire someone or that they're needing that help? What would that, um, how do you kind of recognize that, that perfect time, that, that sweet spot? I guess. And so, you know, I want to be careful giving advice because this is obviously just what has helped and what has worked for me. Right. Um, but I, you know, I just think that it's, it's worked for me to kind of give up that idea of the perfect timing mm-hmm. um, or that sweet spot, because I think it never feels perfect. Yeah. You know, right. all of the people who I've hired with success um, have been kind of like, you're amazing. Come now. And then we'll figure it out. Yeah. Mm. Um, or, you know, a couple of times we've hired and sometimes you're just like in a place where you are burnt out and you, you just need, need help. help. And right. so in that case, like it doesn't even like, you know, I, I don't think hire somebody with reckless abandon, mm-hmm. but right. sometimes you just need to get it done. Yeah, <laughs> just find somebody and hire them and do it and then kind of figure it out um, moving forward along the way. Yeah, I think that with so many entrepreneurs, like a lot of us have this, oh, I can just do it myself, like perfectionist Mm -hmm. kind of mentality. So it's sometimes hard to give things up. But in reality, I think adding people on and making sure that it's, you know, a team effort and things aren't getting lost and things are getting done the way that they should be is is more valuable than, you know, oh, I I need to do it my own way and I need to make sure that it's perfect. Well, you're probably not if you're doing too many things all at once. Mm -hmm. So. And actually, that's another really good point. Um, I've always, and I don't know if, again, like part of me feels like this is really lazy, Sophie, but I've never, ever wanted to be the only person who knows how to do anything in my business. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. like right from the beginning, I was teaching Erica how to like, you know, obviously she was doing the books, but Mm -hmm. like, I didn't want to be the only one um, talking to clients or I didn't want to be the only one in, we write recipes for flowers. And so Erica, you know, I just was teaching other people how to do every single thing so that there was not anything in our business that only I knew how to do. Yeah. And I think that's really helped us grow too, because I'm not my own bottleneck, you know, Mm -hmm. there's all these other people that if I'm tired, um, somebody else can step in. Yeah. And like, God God forbid that something like happened, like if something happened or if you had, you know, another kid and you needed to like take some time off, then you have that like people that you really trust and you know that they know what they're doing, which is really the benefit of a team anyway. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. And we're always talking about, we've got to build redundancy. We've got to build redundancy. So now we've kind of brought that mindset to everybody's role. We really don't want there to be any position where only one person um, knows how to do the job, which my team probably is ready to kill me because constantly I'm like, (laughs) teach somebody else your job. And then we're Mm -hmm. like always bumping, you know, switching Mm -hmm. off and it does lead to a little bit of confusion from time to time. Like who's right. supposed to do what? Yeah. But I think in the end it's, it helps us grow and nobody wants to be pigeonholed into one job one anyway. Thing. So yeah. totally, exactly. Totally. So when, 
I guess, like you said, when you when you have somebody on a job and you're like, oh, that person is, I love this person. I want to offer them a job right here, right now. What are the kind of things that stick out that you look for when you're hiring somebody or like just the most important things to you when you're adding a member to your team? Well, for us the you know, my job is just really physical. So I'm always looking for somebody who can hustle, mm-hmm. um, someone who can hustle with caution. We say we like, we move with, and uh, I forget whatever it is, like we hustle while paying attention to detail yeah. because, mm-hmm. you know, we do need to know the details. So that's really my number one thing. Somebody who can hustle and who can have a really positive attitude while doing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the two things. Love that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the rest I can train. <laughs> right. No, that's that's important. Yeah, and I think that also just like having someone that can grow. Like you're not looking for all of this. Like, I, I mean, obviously experience and stuff, but I think mm-hmm. I like that. Really, you're looking more for someone that can fit into the team and that can have that creativity and little tiny skills can be learned. Yeah. It's more about the mentality. And I feel like a lot of times when people are like graduating college or whatever, they feel so overwhelmed. Like, I don't know how to do this job, like whatever. But what I've learned is every single job in an industry is going to be different. So you, whenever you start a new job, you're going to be taught how to do your job by your boss. So the most important things are like the, how the person fits in with the other people on the team, like what their work ethic is, like we said. So I think that's a great mindset to have. Um, but we, I know, because I stalked your website, um, you've grown a large team of women um, at, your, at Sophie Feltz. And I and Alexis, that we've always said, I don't know if we've ever said this actually in the podcast, but we're like, no men allowed on the podcast. No men. Girls only. <laughs> um, but was that purposeful um, to keep it a primarily women-led business? Um, or was that just kind of like how it worked out? It's how it worked out. And um, I will say that we actually, I think we just hired our first, well, we've, we've had a guy before and he didn't, he actually, he had an injury and, or whatever, had to move away. So we've got a full-time guy starting, I hope, we're in the process oh of God. figuring that out, but in <laughs> mm-hmm. two weeks. He's listening to this, he's like, but he's, <laughs> I know, he's like, is it intentional? No, um, so it hasn't been intentional, but it has been at the core of kind of, I think, our, our business because mm-hmm. we are a bunch of women and And I think I grew up in a family business that my dad started when he was 16 and it's in the landscape construction industry, which is obviously very male dominated. Mm -hmm. And I just think that as women, we have a little bit, we have a total, a different mindset. And so I think we have a different approach to business. Um, We've always been really intentional about making sure that people had time, like for instance, myself, you know, I can't work 24 seven and I, I need week, you know, at least some weekends off. So we've really built in um, the redundancy and the cushion, and we've I've built the team fast because I feel like we need a real team approach, like where you know at any point any of us can step out and we've got your back. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, it hasn't been intentional. It it is at the core, and I do love the challenge of like seeing if we can reimagine do it the way of doing business than what's kind of traditional yeah. um and I love it and, but I'm really excited about this guy too he's gonna be great <laughs> so excited hey, we love a, a male employee co-worker <laughs> 
Um, so my degree, um, I'm in grad school at SCAD and my degree is in creative um, business leadership. So I love hearing about how like creative teams work together. So um, with your business, how important is it to kind of work together all and like be on the same page for that creative goal? And how does that kind of process work uh, together? I love that question. And I love that you're at SCAD. Um, Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I think all the time I'm like, gosh, if only I had paid a little bit more attention in school, like I'm actually doing the things that, you know, we were learning about, but at the time I didn't really care that much. So yes, we, it's, when how so the question is how when you have like all of these creatives working together on one project like how do we keep everybody moving in the same direction Mm -hmm. um so first of all we do practice in the studio designing together um you know we're doing a lot of times on site we're doing these big floral installations and sometimes it's 10 people working on it and um, so my core team and I, we try to do these in-studio installs where we practice and we have one person is kind of, the, you know, anyway, we just practice all putting our hands on it and stepping back and looking at mm-hmm. it together. But mm-hmm. for wedding day, we've realized that we have to very clearly establish who's the team lead. Um, mm-hmm. So we establish the team lead and then we establish a second um, and then it's that is the responsibility of the team lead to kind of describe the overall vision. We um, print off, you know, pictures of what we're imagining. The team lead kind of does a little tu- little tutorial, and then everybody goes in and starts working on it. Mm-hmm. And then the team lead, we like specifically say, don't just wonder, you know, don't say out to the peanut gallery like, how is this looking? Because the second you know, it's just very unhelpful when you're trying to do this huge install and you're on a very tight time crunch for you to just ask a group of 10 people what they think. Right. Um, because then it like disintegrates and you have to right. pick who you're going to listen to. Right. All so, these opinions and everything. Yeah. Right. And everybody and this. Yeah. So it just turns, it goes sideways really quickly. We found, so it's the team lead who then steps back. And um, if she needs help, we'll kind of whisper to the second, like, I'm freaking out because it's not looking right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the two of them can kind of privately work through it together. But I just really think that, you know, it doesn't always have to be the same team lead, of course, but I, right. I have found that when you're being like, yes, everybody's artistic, everybody's creative, mm-hmm. yep. but when you've got one thing and you've got to design it to certain spe- specifications, and again, you've got that crazy timeline yeah. that, you know, like you have to have a leader who can mm-hmm. really lead. Yeah. Um, so do you establish the team lead when that project comes in or is that just on like wedding day or event day? We actually um, now do it about a month out. We're assigning our team leads. And so right now um, our, we have enough people on our core team that we have, there's like 10 of us. And so on all of our weddings, we'll have um, a team lead and a second. And both of those are core team members. So both of those really have their head wrapped around um, everything. But even for a while, we weren't even establishing, we we're just like two people are going to lead that wedding and you two are going to lead that wedding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we found like, even when it's core team members, it's really important to establish like who's the ultimate team lead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, and like we rotate it too. So, you know, I'm not always, well, I actually am. Always, <laughs> I'm a bad example. I'm always the team lead on my wedding, mm-hmm. but like some of our core team members will take turns being the team lead. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So yeah, and that's established about a month out, but with a second so that if somebody gets sick again, we have the redundancy right. and we have somebody who can step in. That's very smart. So do you choose who is the team lead or do they have any influence over like the projects that they'd like to be team lead for? Um, it's generally a group decision. You know, mm-hmm. some we have somebody who's like really good at technical uh, like rigging another person mm-hmm. who's really good at this certain type of arch and another mm-hmm. person who like is good at color blocking. Mm-hmm. So, um, we kind of work to the obviously skills. like, yeah, to the strengths of each person. I forgot to say earlier too, that I kind of love this. Once we hire somebody, we do a personality test. Like we that. actually pay love for that. this like mm-hmm. 60 bucks per person. <laughs> what's, the, like, what's, the person what's the personality um, test? Do you know, I know. I knew you were going to ask me that, and now I'm forgetting it. So I'll have to look it up and okay. tell you. I I have but, to do some of those for class, um, like in my leadership classes, and those are like my absolute favorite thing. I sent one to my fiance, and I was like, "Do this," and then he like lied, and I was like, "You definitely lied on these answers." He's like, "No, I didn't," and then I found out he did. He's yeah, he's a liar. But I love that. So That's such bad. a good idea for a team to like know. It's so fun. Yeah. 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 We love doing it. And I feel like clearly from like the way that you're talking about how your team works together, you've clearly established like a lot of like respect. There's nobody being like jealous that like, oh, this person's the lead on the, you know, like I'm so mad, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's a testament to the kind of leader you are, which is amazing. But um, I guess just in general, when we're talking about managing a team, this is very broad, but what is your, like, what are some things you're really purposeful about when, like, managing your team? What are some things that, like, as a leader are, like, I guess, like, your values? Mm-hmm. Well, we have our values. <laughs> we have on, and you can see them on our website. And that's kind of, like, um, that's actually a really, you know, this is one of the things I'm a, I was a business major. And we talked, obviously, about setting a mission statement and building a business plan. And, like, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But now these values, they're so integral really to our team. Um, we we do a team retreat once a year and we go back over the values and like make edits and tweaks. Um, and so those are the things like, you know, with you saying that nobody's really jealous or, you know, it is hard when it's this group of, you know, however many of us together working our butts off because it's really, really hard work. And I think just keeping everybody respectful Mm -hmm. and um, good to each other and working on the same team is really hard. Mm -hmm. And so we have a value of, you know, respect and love. Um, So that's one of the things we're really, you know, always reminding each other and reminding ourselves of. Um, We... Yeah, so those values, I would say, are, are what kind of, and honestly, we do, I would say, I think of one of the values, and it kind of helps me in decision making almost every day, you know, we have a team of like, close to 100 freelancers who just come mm. and work with us on weekends, and they're amazing and wow. wonderful. Um, but sometimes, you know, there will be somebody who's, you know, we have our team debrief on Tuesday mornings, and we're like, oh, so and so was so slow this weekend. And so we really kind of are trying to hold ourselves accountable that if we have that, you know, if we have a negative experience with somebody that we're willing to voice to another person, then we need to be willing to voice it to that person too. Right. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, just holding ourselves accountable to what I feel is fair treatment Mm -hmm. of anybody who works with us. Um, 
hustling while paying attention to detail. <laughs> yeah. That's a big one. Yeah. And I, I feel like that's a unique perspective since you have, like you said, your core team, but then you have like like 100 freelancers. Because I think obviously you would – I not you would. It could be easy to kind of just worry about how you treat your core team and just mm-hmm. be like, okay, you know, whatever. It's a one-weekend thing, you know? Um, so – I feel like it is really important to consider. And even if you're not hiring out freelancers, like anybody that you're hiring out for your business, like if you hire a CPA, whatever, like those people are on your team, even if they're not an employee of yours. So I feel like it's really important to consider how you treat those people too, because obviously in life, but I think also in business, like how you treat people is one of the most important things. It says a lot about you and it speaks for you when you're not speaking for yourself because people will definitely talk about that if they want to talk about anything yeah. they'll talk about how you <laughs> I, treat people whether it's really good was, or really bad i was just gonna say and especially with local business like people talk a lot and i think getting a name out there for yourself not only with your product or your service but also just how it is to work for you how yeah. it is to like work with you as a client i think all is extremely important especially for a local business so that's really awesome um I did want to say so we know that one of your business values that you talked about the values earlier um is our team our team is our heart um so just for our last question um why don't you talk about that a little bit of really how the the team is a community and almost a family and how that works for your business yeah um you know, I think that when people are asking me, why do you want to do this? I really do. I just love the team aspect. I love that we are kind of working to figure out a way of doing business where women are like, it works with our lives Mm -hmm. and humans. I think not just women, but all humans like to be just really aware of people have to live a life too. This has to be a balance. And, um, we need to take care of each other. And so, yeah, the team is our heart is kind of like the team is our whole reason for doing things, Mm -hmm. right? Like, that's why I want to have the business. I love doing flowers. I love, you know, doing weddings. Um, Making a profit is great. But I think that my why really is I just really love, you know, the team. And I'm super passionate about figuring out how to be a good employer and mm-hmm. in turn, like, you know, have all of these people then who are going to be good to their community and kind of have that big ripple out there. Um, and I have to say, like, it's not all altruistic, like how I think you were <laughs> saying, like, it makes really good business sense as well yeah. to take really, really good care of your people, especially yeah. right now. Like people are so good. People are really, really hard to come by. And, you know, that's what keeps us going. So we right. need to make sure that we're, um, you know, we, for our freelancers too, we're like, we have to be the very best out there. We want all of the freelancers to be desperate to work with us. Otherwise we're going to lose them all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to have to do it ourselves. Yeah. And that mm-hmm. really sucks. Exactly. Yeah. And so. I feel like as somebody who just graduated, one of the biggest things that you kind of learn, like entering the workforce is that I think growing up, you think like, uh, I don't know if everybody thinks this way, but at least I did. Like, you get a job and, like, the person who has all the, pl- like, the power is the employer. Um, you know, mm-hmm. like, the, they can fire you at any minute, like, whatever. I'm sure some of this also just has to do with um, literally me having anxiety and just assuming that that's how things work. <laughs> but, um, but I do think, like, it's really um, important to, re- like, realize and you realize through working, like, when you get treated well as an employee, you then – 
it's not that you feel indebted to the employer, but it's like you you're going to do better work. If you, you know, mm-hmm. if you're getting treated like crap, you're just going to do what you got to do and go, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I agree. It definitely makes a lot of business sense because um, you don't want to lose people. When everyone is hiring and there's a bajillion jobs available and mm-hmm. <laughs> it's hard to find good people, right. like you said. Um, well, love all of that. So I guess we should go ahead and get into random questions, which, of course, are flower-themed. I'm sure we've answered <laughs> some of these before. Um, but the first one is, what would or what were your wedding florals. So Sophie, you can start and yours is a were. So. <laughs> yeah, so this question is really easy for me because mine are were. I had, and I I like, I always laugh because my wedding was just ridiculous. I had this thought that I was going to wake up in the morning and my bridesmaids and I were gonna go to a flower farm and um, pick some wildflowers and like make these centerpieces. This was long before I even dreamed of being a florist. So Mm -hmm. we wake up that morning and we're like, okay, let's look up where there's a flower farm. (laughs) Like I didn't even do the foresight to to, like figure out where's the flower farm. So my aunt was just like, ended up going to Safeway and buying (laughs) the crappiest flowers and we put them in mason jars. but I did at least have the foresight to have, I had this, um, my mom was friends with a florist who like actually was just this older woman who had a really beautiful garden. And so she mm-hmm. did our bouquets, just our bouquets. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I had this autumn um, sunflower in mine and now like that was growing in her garden at the time. And so mm-hmm. I love it because now, you know, every year for my anniversary that's blooming mm-hmm. and it just reminds mm-hmm. me of my wedding. Mm-hmm. So I just, love that there was a really seasonal element involved in my that's bouquet. very true I never thought about that like the benefit of having seasonal flowers around your wedding because then you when they bloom and if they're natural to your yeah, area then you can reminder. see yeah of your wedding that's very sweet um so I don't we haven't recorded the intro I'm sure I'll, I'll mention this but um my wedding is in 363 66 days if y'all want to know when her wedding is just check her (laughs) most recent instagram because it definitely says it in the caption (laughs) she's like 384 days (laughs) for the next year i'm gonna be having like a daily countdown on the on my stories um yeah my followers are sick of me by now (laughs) but um so i am having a very unique wedding where i'm doing um I'm doing a courthouse slash city hall. We haven't really figured it out um, on our 10 year anniversary, um, which is a year and a day. Um, and then the next day or the night, the day after we'll be going to Switzerland um, to like elope. Um, and then we'll have a two week honeymoon. And then we're going to Maine with all of our groomsmen and bridesmaids, which one of those is Katie. So we'll need, yeah. we're doing like photos with them. So I'll basically need like three wedding outfits and like potentially three <laughs> floral things. Um, so I don't really know what I'm gonna do, but I'm thinking um, my fiance proposed to me with yellow daisies. So I'm thinking I wanna do yellow daisies. And then another look, I wanna do like hydrangeas. Um, I'm from Vermont, so they're kind of like a New England vibe. Um, and then that's that's pretty much as far as I've gotten so far. But yeah, Katie has a whole Pinterest board, so she... All right, well, listen, I might have a full Pinterest board, but I'm also literally single and not getting married anytime soon, (laughs) so I don't know that much, um, and I also don't know the names of most flowers, but um, I know the color scheme 
that I think I want. Um, mm-hmm. So I also am not really pinned down on that. My Pinterest board, I may, I like posted about it on my private story and people were like, send it to me. I was like, it's about five pictures of like flowers and none of them look the same. So it's just, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like I'm just a tasting of things I like. But um, mm-hmm. I do really love tulips. Um, my mom's always loved tulips. I love tulips. And I really like the way that like white tulips look at a wedding. There's this one specific mm-hmm. picture that I'm thinking of that I'll put on the story or somewhere and check your aesthetic. Um, and it's very beautiful. But we'll see what actually happens because, like I said, I'm super single. So it's really not like a big concern for me right now at this current moment. But, um, <laughs> okay. So the last question, last random question is, and we love to start drama here. Um, what is your least favorite kind of flower? I'm really interested to hear what you have to say, Sophie, because I feel like you're gonna be like, I love them all. <laughs> well, no, my least favorite flower is like the ones that you get at Safeway that I had at my wedding. <laughs> oh my God. The, the, the I have to, no, I miss, like, no offense to Safeway. I love, I'm sure they're wonderful. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like the just yeah. kind of basic. Generic generic ones that are you know dyed or whatever it is right. and you just kind of have to like block your eyes when you're going past them at the grocery store that's obviously those standard roses that everybody is like i just don't want them to be those you can do any of my flowers but not those yeah 100 percent. um so. for me it's funny that you say rose because i was like oh my god this is going to be the most controversial thing but for me it's roses i just like i don't know they're so basic and like uh, and also i just I've been with my fiance since like sophomore year of high school and I remember our first Valentine's Day he brought me like a dozen red roses and I was like thank you so much but like respectfully please don't ever do that again um (laughs) I would much rather some chocolates um or or something like that or a teddy bear and then the next Valentine's Day he got me like a a teddy bear that was larger than me so he remembered which was good but no I just think like (laughs) Roses are so basic. I can. Okay, I'm, but I'm, Alexis, I could make you love roses. <laughs> like that's people are say that all the time. I just hate roses. But there's this whole another world of roses that like have not like they're not even related to the grocery store roses that yeah. are stunning. And okay. even there's so those are garden roses, obviously. But then there's even these like stunningly beautiful standard roses that you can look at tons of my work and be like, oh, that, you would never think like that's a standard rose from a grocery store. But when you have them way open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. No, okay. the, like, see, like the pictures, like the pictures on Pinterest are like so different than what you get at like the store, I feel like. But also that's very true. Like a Hannaford, like grocery store rose is very different than like an actual like nicely garden rose snipped from california yeah yeah yeah. see here i am with the you were right i do love all the flowers (laughs) (laughs) i'm standing up for your (laughs) your least favorite um yeah so mine i okay so this is an interesting answer also everybody who's listening to rue on the floor i just can't she can't be stopped today um she is always just a part of the podcast but um i I don't hate baby's breath in, like, an arrangement, but I don't like when people buy baby's breath and put it alone in a vase. Hmm. I think it – why would you do that? Like, it, to me, it's just – it's a filler flower. Like, it, it should go in a bouquet. Um, and <laughs> I feel the same way about, like, chamomile, all the, the like, the little tiny, like, ones. Like the filler kind yeah, of Yeah, like, when people are, like – I'm also just not a minimalist, so that's not really the vibes of my um, – I've now decided what your bouquet is going to be. 
just for this <laughs> I can just for, to, to me for like it just it just isn't it's just not the right vibes. Um, but yeah, that would be my least favorite. No, no shade to anybody who likes baby's breath. I know I'm probably gonna get like sh- flamed for that one, but no. But I'm again, I'm gonna stand up for your poor baby's breath and say, okay, you have to look on our Instagram. We did this really like. There's been a couple like baby's breath on its own in huge installations are a big trend right now. Yeah, and it's actually really cool. Like, look at the. You'll see there's like a an arbor that has like this huge baby's breath winding up it. I see. Yeah. It looks see good. now, I, I can I I can do the <laughs> I can do like the big you know the the whole big whenever it's really filled in. But like if you take a vase. And you put baby's bath from Trader Joe's in it. I'm like, that's not really like, just buy a flower that can stand alone. I just don't think it can really stand alone as well. But I did see a really pretty, they were like spray painting the baby's breath and everybody on TikTok was so mad. They were like, what? You gonna walk into that wedding, it's gonna smell like spray paint. And the people were like, no. And everyone in the comments was like, yes. People are gonna start passing out because it smells like spray paint. Well, spray painting baby, spray painting flowers is actually a really hot topic right now in the floral industry because once you spray paint, you can't compost mm. um, the, the flowers. So there's a ton of florists, and you know, I'm not a big fan now of spray painting now that I'm kind of learning and seeing. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it is basically like creating, Waste taking a plant that, yeah, and making it into trash. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Well, that's interesting. But I do like it is. It is there is it's such a cool look. It is. And yeah. so, it is. I I um, originally wanted. Um, we're doing like in when we go to Maine, like with all of our friends, we're doing like long weekend. But we're gonna do like a dinner down like one super long table, and I wanted to do like baby's breath, but then spray paint it like rainbow like gradient. But then mm-hmm. I was like, it's gonna smell like hot garbage and like I bet that somebody's gonna come up with some like sustainable way to be able to like dye flowers somebody's probably cooking that up in their in their mind right now and they'll figure it out soon um well after that fun tangent um so if you want you go ahead and plug yourself tell everybody where they can find you if they are in the DC area and they want to get you to do their wedding all that good stuff um, well, sure. I'm my Instagram is so at Sophie Feltz, S O P H I E F E L T S. And yeah, just reach out. I'd love to connect. Amazing. And thank you guys so much for, and yeah, our website is, um, sophiefeltz.com. Uh, the too. website's so pretty. I was looking at it to prep so. for the episode. I was like, I texted Alexis. I was like, this website is gorgeous. I just, there's oh, nothing I love more than That's flowers. all Erica. She built that. <laughs> I just love flowers. Like I really, they're just the happiest thing. Alexis is not the same way, but I just love them. I like I flowers. No, I I don't like I like flowers, but I don't like being gifted flowers. Just like dealing I like with to flowers. Ch- I like to choose my own flowers, and ch- I like to um, choose my own path in life and not be handed. Oh my God. <laughs> too much. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> thank you guys for listening. Be sure to leave us a rating and review on wherever you listen to your podcasts, and subscribe. Oh, mm. subscribe to keep up with our weekly episodes. And then follow us on TikTok at Check Your Aesthetic and over on Instagram at Check Your Aesthetic Podcast. And our personal accounts, Katie Creative Co., Alexis Adams Aldrich, and Sophie. Was it just Sophie Feltz or Sophie Dot Feltz? Sophie Feltz. It's just Sophie Feltz. Perfect. Yeah. Sophie Feltz. And we will talk to you next week. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.